Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by Exabel. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. This is an emergency episode prompted by the SEC's recent judgment, which resulted in a $10 million fine for the alternative data provider, App Annie. In this episode, I first asked Jonathan Kay, CEO of App Annie rival Aptopia, to set the scene and explain what he thinks the judgment means for the market. I then spoke to alternative data lawyer Kelly Kosciuszka as she talked me through the legal aspects. So in this emergency App Annie episode, I am joined by Jonathan Kay of Apptopia, another uh, app alternative data provider. Thank you very much for joining today, Jonathan. Mark, thanks for having me. Pumped to be here. You're very welcome. Um, so Jonathan, obviously the big news, um, App Annie, which is a uh, alternative it's an alternative, alternative data provider of of, uh, of app data um, to uh, to Apptopia has um, been uh, hit with a ten million dollar fine by the SEC. Um, so obviously, this uh, I'm sure when you woke up and saw the news, you were you were pretty interested to see it. Um, it would have been um, yeah. I'm, I'm, did you did you choke on your cornflakes? Was it uh, where were you when you heard the news? So uh, I prefer raisin bran, but uh, yes, it, it, it absolutely did. Um, it, it absolutely destroyed my week. Um, I was, I was, I was shocked. I mean, we, you know, I've been doing this for ten years, and um, you, you you compete all the time, but you think you're competing on a relatively level playing field, right? Um, you know, they have more money and more people than us. And we thought that's what made the uneven playing field. This was uh, certainly a, a choke worthy moment. What did you, um, why don't you say just quickly, um, set the scene, what, what is it that um, you, Aptopia does um, and, and how does it differ from what Appani does? Yep. So uh, at its very core level, we provide uh performance estimates of every mobile app in the world. So you can see downloads, revenue, usage for any app, any company that has an app, etc. And we made a really nice business um, selling this data to brands who use it for competitive intelligence and benchmarking. And I think why we're on this call is that over the last two to three years, you've seen the public finance market realize that hey, if you look at the number of sessions for the JetBlue app, it has a pretty darn uh, strong correlation with the amount of passengers that flew on JetBlue. And so it can actually help you uh, help your valuation models and help you get a feel for what's happening in the market prior to companies reporting. Um, I'd say that, you know, pretty much AppAny does the exact same thing that I just outlined. The primary difference is that we've historically approached our businesses much differently. Um, biggest difference is that we've invested very heavily into product and engineering, which probably makes up about 60% of our company, um, whereas AppAny has invested heavily into marketing and sales and, and whatnot. And so I think that's where you start to see the biggest differences. Okay. 
And so, as I understand it, what what Apani has been um, caught doing by the SEC is selling aggregated data, which has actually been massaged closer to the true number, which they all also had access to. So with increased accuracy, um, based on the fact that they actually knew the the real number, um, rather than selling an aggregated version of it. Um, does that does that sound does that sound right? Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can maybe add just a little bit of detail if it's helpful. And, and yeah, I can give you some flavor. And so uh, I guess the first thing I'll say is, is that you know, I don't know what Apani is doing or wasn't doing. Um, and so all I can speak to is my interpretation of what the SEC kind of 12 page uh, document outlined. And what that document outlined is that, um, you know, they have like analytics partners. So we'll just, we'll make up a fake example to make it easier for the listeners. But let's stick with, you know, JetBlue, right? So JetBlue um, decided that they wanted to share their data with AppAnty. So they were a free analytics customer for AppAnty, which means that AppAnty has their real performance data. Um, what AppAnty was doing is, is they were using that data to train an algorithm, which is perfect. It's exactly what they should have been doing. Where the problem came in, again, based on my interpretation of the SEC filing, is that they then took the output of that algorithm and they sent it to an engineering team in China. The engineering team in China looked at the real analytics data from JetBlue, which JetBlue shared with AppAnnie under confidentiality. And they did what the, the SEC referred to as error halving, which means that they made the data half better than it was. Mm. So if, if their model produced a, you know, uh, an 18% difference from the actuals, the team in China made the data 9% off. So that it was more accurate than you could do via a model, but not accurate enough that you could get in trouble. Okay. And so in terms of best practice, or in, so to, to our understanding, what Aptopia and everyone else in the market does is everything apart from the China part. So it's taking the, taking the, taking the data from JetBlue and running that through an algorithm and uh, producing data which has the correct amount of error, like the right amount of error based on the, based on the, the algorithm. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's accurate. And I would, and I would just um, emphasize for those who might not be like statistics oriented people listening to the podcast that essentially what that means is that when a, when a company like ours is aggregating data from JetBlue, our, we're, we're training a model based on that data. And so how the model actually interprets that data is, hey, this is like a travel app. That app had this many ratings, this many reviews. It was launched on this date. It was ranked, you know, third in the travel category in this country and 150th in overall. And it's taking in just these generalized inputs, but it's viewing it as like a data point for how a travel app performs versus how JetBlue specifically performs. That's when you hear anonymized and aggregated, that's what it means. It's just training a travel model, not a JetBlue specific model. And so potentially a hedge fund can then take that number and apply it to all the travel apps in, uh, in, their, in their market, in their, in their investments, and uh, make, a, make inferences on if it's a travel company, um, then because uh, Aptopia is saying that uh, you know, travel companies have had a rough quarter or whatever, 
um, then we will we can we can um, we can make a prediction that travel stocks will go down by such and such and make investments off that. So it's it's the same stuff, but it's just a little bit an added level of blurring in order to disguise the true number because um, you're not allowed to share the true number. Yeah, that's accurate. And and again, I just clarify, like we do produce outputs for what JetBlue does and Spirit Airlines and Ryanair. So we do estimate specific companies and specific apps. But the model which does that is a model that was trained on industry data Mm. versus just that specific apps data. Um, And yeah, you're you're, you're correct. And and how we've always talked about our business, Mark, is not saying that we have the most accurate data based on JetBlue's actuals, right? Because we don't know that. But what we do know is is that every quarter... um, Every quarter, JetBlue reports numbers. The TSA reports a bunch of numbers. And what we've done is we've looked back historically and we found that, hey, our models actually have a great percentage correlation with these KPIs. And so the big difference for us, and and this is where I think you have healthy alternative data versus unhealthy alternative data, is that we built this business to sell competitive intelligence and we stumbled into the finance use case. We didn't change our models to be more accurate with tickers. We found that after we had built this business in corporate, that actually the data we already had, that we were already working with corporate, simply had this strong signal with KPIs that public companies were reporting, like you know, streaming hours for Roku, subscribers for Netflix, flyer like passengers for airlines, etc. Yeah. Okay. So obviously we've had um, big, uh, this is obviously huge, gigantic for the alternative data sector in general, put like um, nuclear in size for, for the app data um, uh, space. What have you, what's, what's the reaction you've seen so far, perhaps from the, from the client side, from the hedge fund side? Yeah, so uh, I, I'd say that the reaction is probably yet to come. Um, so, uh, I, I think we're seeing a lot of people being like, well, shoot, what do we do? <laughs> like, what do we do with this information? You know what I mean? Um, unlike people like you and I, Mark, where we spring immediately into action. I think what we're seeing is we're thinking people are just kind of trying to figure out what to do. And so from our perspective, we're seeing a lot of people reach out to us primarily because, People are trying to just like understand what all their alternatives, especially if you're not seeing a massive delta in accuracy between Apptopia and Appany, well, you just have less headache and risk with one than the other, right? And so um, I think, you know, that's a little bit conjecture, but uh, I think we're seeing hedge funds just trying to make sure that they understand what's out there. And I think corporate companies are just thinking about more data sustainability which is like, uh, you know, they don't have the SEC risk that hedge funds do. They're not obviously trading on the data, but these people integrate our data into their BI tools, into their monthly quarterly reporting. And it's important that you have a partner that's going to be around for a long time that um, is doing the right things. And so ever since all the consumer privacy and this issue, we've seen data sustainability be a big topic. And it, it comes up because executives in our company are being asked to be brought into sales process. People are asking us not just what we're doing over the next 12 months, 
they're asking us, what's our two to three year plan? How are we thinking about the industry on a longer term? And so I think people are starting to like, I guess, evaluate this more as a partnership versus just a software purchase. It sounds like you're viewing this largely so far. I mean, we're a week in, but it sounds like you're viewing this largely as a as an as an opportunity and a positive because um, this is obviously a competitor who a large competitor who obviously has just received a, a big fine and also just add a, a the reputational damage as well. So there's so there's 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 potentially more to go around. Um, are there, can you? What about the negatives in terms of what it means for the sector? Can you see any 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 risk that um, this is the first the SEC is just getting warmed up? Is there, have you had any any signals or any any reason to think that? Yeah. So um, you know, as I've been advised by people who are have done a lot of work with the SEC, it does seem like the SEC has uh, like a history of setting precedent. And so it, it does feel like this was a precedent that they set. I mean, if you read the press release, they even go out of their way to state that this was like proudly with their chest puffed out the first alternative data case that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I do think they're setting precedent. But honestly, man, I don't think it's a huge issue for the space. Not after people stop, you know, being scared for the next couple of weeks, because you can do a better compliance process, right? Like, I think this is going to make, so I think what this is going to do is two things. One, I think it's going to make like smaller hedge funds that like weren't doing the correct due diligence. It's going to make them spend a little bit more time to do their due diligence, right? Mm -hmm. The second thing that I think it's going to do is, is that in the alternative data space, you know, and, and, and probably you know this more than anybody, but there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of like small companies that pop up. Some of them make it, some of them go away. Mm. I think you might just have some of those smaller companies not pop up as much. Those companies that are building like a, a Gmail scraper to get a bunch of receipt data and sell that data. I, I think you might just see a little bit less of that noise in the bottom of the market where people are kind of like wild, wild west trying to collect data and then just selling that data. Because the compliance costs are going to just just be a bit more than you can handle if you're a one man band, perhaps. And I think you're going to see hedge funds like feel less comfortable working with a small shop that doesn't have their together, right? Yeah. And so I think it might have an impact on the bottom tail, kind of like the long tail of the market. But the reality is, is that we've seen this in ton of spaces. This is a space that's innovating. Like what App Annie hypothetically did, right? Like we don't know it's not an alternative data thing. It's just bad business, right? Yeah, so like, I don't think people are going to just, it's lying. You're correct. Hypothetically, mm -hmm. it's lying. And so I think, um, I, I, I think maybe people are just going to be more careful about who they partner with, but I don't think this is a shot at the whole space because I know a lot of people in this space. I know you do too. And there's a lot of really good actors, people that have worked hard over years to build good data sets that have value and there's nothing wrong with that transaction. And hopefully those will just bubble up more to the top now. It does. Um, it's very easy to, and you've already mentioned the World West once, it's very easy to, to kind of, and, and I know America loves to see that vision of its own history, but the SEC swaggering in as the sheriff saying there's going to be a few changes <laughs> in this town type thing. And, and all the, all the, you know, the, the little guy stops playing the piano. And I don't know, like uh, I, can, I can see that, that analogy and, and perhaps 
then this is civilization reaching out where and more rules reaching where there where there where there were fewer before. So perhaps this is you know, and it was always coming. Perhaps this is just the first step in actually having a little bit more of that order and regulation, and and it's and it's all just a part of of the sector growing up and and becoming the vibrant America that we know. You know, the Wild West turned into type things. So um, so perhaps it's just that natural natural development of things. Yeah, and again, I I just think it's healthy, man, because nothing about the SEC filing makes me think that I can do my job any less well than I do it today. And so that should be motivating for hedge funds, right? It's not an endemic sign of the industry. It's it's just a bad actor, and that gets organically cleaned up, and that's why we have regulatory bodies like this. So um, I, I I think it's a it's a blip on the alternative data radar, and. I think it'll clean up some of the noise and, and, and start to make everybody hopefully a little bit more confident even in moving forward. Fantastic. What a positive note to end on. Um, Jonathan, thanks so much for coming in and talking through a little bit about um, demystifying a little bit what, what Aptopia and Appani do and, um, and, for, and for giving your thoughts on obviously the, 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 the story of the moment. So, um, so much appreciated for your time, Jonathan. Oh, my pleasure, Mark. Thanks, sir. Next up, it's Kelly Kosciuszka of law firm Schulte, Roth & Zabel to talk through the subject from a regulatory perspective. So I'm welcoming back for this emergency App Annie episode, uh, Kelly Kosciuszka, the uh, alternative data lawyer who we previously had with our rec- regulation episode. Thanks very much for coming back, Kelly. Thanks for having me back, Mark. You're very welcome. So it is a very interesting time in regulation in alternative data. When we spoke before, then there was a lot of hypotheticals, I thought, and a lot of how to avoid being um, getting into trouble with the, with the SEC because the SEC hadn't necessarily fully shown its full hand as to as to you know no one had, had been hit. Someone has now been hit. Um, AppAnnie has been um, a uh, an app related alternative data provider has been um, has been fined, um, and so we've got Kelly back to talk through what it is, what it, what the re- what the ramifications are, what um, what everyone needs to know. So um, so welcome, Kelly. Why don't you just set the scene and just maybe lay out um, lay out what happened? Sure. Sure, and I don't like to exaggerate, but I would say this is a, a big deal in our world, in the alternative data world. This was a settled action against App Annie and its founder. A settled action means they agree with the SEC that they'll enter into a settlement rather than fighting it out in court. The charges were securities fraud, and it included a $10 million fine. So that's pretty serious coming out of our SEC. The basis for it was that App Annie from the period of 2014 to mid-2018, had lied in its consents to certain corporate sources and also had manipulated some of the data in a way that wasn't consistent with the consents. And because clients like mine, who are the investment advisors, buying this data to use it in trading decisions or asking AppAnny questions about this in diligence, that was the link so that the SEC could say, look, this isn't just lying. This is actually under our purview. This is securities fraud. What the what I understand the SEC found was that um, Appani had started because uh, Appani knew the the true numbers um, for a specific for a for a specific uh, app usage, and started massaging the aggregated numbers to start looking more like the true numbers, so that the data was better for the alternative data buyers. In this case, in this case, hedge funds. So they. 
um, uh, they were selling aggregated data, but they were mass massaging it towards the true figures because they knew the true figures. Um, does that sound right to you? The charges here are a securities fraud. The elements are a material misrepresentation in connection with the purchase or sale of securities. So here, everything you just described about the data is accurate, but the SEC had to tie that to what App Annie was doing with the data was inconsistent with the representations it made to the, the corporate who were giving it the data. So it was being dishonest with the sources of data. And then when it turned around and the hedge funds and the private equity funds were asking questions, do you have the consents to, to collect this data? Did you collect it in a compliant manner? The things that App Annie was saying to the hedge funds and the private equity funds who were going to use it for trading were inaccurate. So that's where the misrepresentations come in because you need that link to the trading. This is interesting because from what you're saying, then in a way, the SEC hasn't defined what's wrong. The SEC has said what's wrong is the fact they lied about it. So they exactly. They, yeah, okay. Exactly. And what's a little surprising here, lying is bad. I'm not going to dispute that. And the conduct, <laughs> the historical conduct was not good here. But there's a legal question as whether it's securities fraud. And I would say this is a broad theory of securities fraud because of that in connection with peace. You can have a lie that's fraud and it could, there could be a lot of different regulators who come after it. But for the SEC to come after you for securities fraud, there has to be that link to trading. And here the link is because they have a data product that's going to be used by other parties in trading. That's very broad. I mean, that potentially means that any misrepresentation made during the diligence process, if you're talking to a hedge fund or a private equity fund or a lawyer like me who works on behalf of them, that that could be the basis for a securities fraud charge. So that potentially sets a very broad precedent. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this is a settled case. The SEC can be a little more aggressive in a settled case because a judge isn't going to weigh in. It's not going to be fought out in court. Mm. Is this, I mean, is this basically from the SEC's perspective, is this, it's a toe in the water, it seems to me. And it's a bit of a, it's a low hanging fruit because essentially, uh, as we talked about before, there's many ways that the SEC could be setting the rules, setting the laws around alternative data. And it could be saying, right, these are the standards. This is what's good. This is what's bad. But this one feels like a, look, we caught you just misbehaving. You know, it's not, and it's, and it's not, uh, they've, this is a way that they can, potentially send out a, a, a message to the rest of the market saying, look, we're going to wade in, we're going to get involved. But it's not necessarily setting, the only standards that it's setting seems to be kind of standards of behavior in terms of, you know, do what you're saying you're doing. Um, is that is that fair? I think it goes a little further than that. I think previously when I was dealing with a, a alternative data provider, that's a private company, so not one that's publicly traded, when I was asking them all these questions and diligence on behalf of private equity funds, hedge funds, their view was, I'm happy to answer your questions, but this is your regulatory issue. It's my issue because I want to sell you the data, but this is really about what might happen to you. I think what this case now says to all of the vendors is, no, we both share the regulatory issues here. My process is so important that if you're intentionally lying to me in that process, you could find yourself on the wrong side of an SEC action. So do you think, so what's the read across? If you're an alternative data provider out there at the moment, what, what, what's the takeaway from this? So I think in the first instance, people were both shocked and a little bit nervous last week. I think long-term we've seen this coming and the standards we've been on our side who knew the SEC was looking at these issues. I think where there's now gonna be a lot of more buy-in from the vendors and vendors are really gonna understand that this isn't just a commercial issue where if they wanna sell data, 
to customers who care about the regulatory issues, they have to comply. But it's also an issue for them. So I think vendor, some vendors were already doing this, and I think others will take a close look of whether they need to have internal compliance people, stronger either in-house or outside counsel. And I think they should expect that they're going to be held to a higher standard before companies are willing to onboard their data. Can I just say, Kelly, this is obviously a law and order episode, and I think it's very thoughtful of you to have provided a siren background noise for... Um, oh, for yeah. Do, are you picking that up? I didn't realize you could hear it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's perfect. It really, um, it really sets the tone for the, for the episode. It's great. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say I planned it, but... You know. <laughs> it's the mean streets of New York, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, and so from the, from the provider side, they just... And this is, this is broadly what we knew in terms of what, what you're on last time is you've burst you've basically got to be upfront you've got to be following best potent, best possible practice and you've got to be upfront about what you're doing and if you're buying data you need to make sure that the provider is is doing it to the best of their ability i mean do you think it's interesting um and do you think it's expected that the sec should come for an alternative data provider before they went for the for a buyer well if if only because the buyers are uh, whether where there is more money and as a result kind of more attention and more you know sometimes more interest um is it is this a um was that a choice or do you think they just saw a they saw a case of someone breaking the law and, and went for it so legally there are ways that it's easier to get to a buyer we're just more highly regulated so it's a lower standard if they because they can bring a case against the buyers at least the regulated buyers just for not having proper policies and procedures in place this i think the conduct was such that they did want to want to send a message here. If you look at the order, they're also saying, you know, it's very much focused on historical conduct. And you know, I've been involved in enforcement actions before, not, not certainly not for AppAndy and not for alternative data providers. But when it's this type of what I'll call enterprise-threatening enforcement action, typically the SEC comes in and the company really is saying to them, look, we'll change our ways. We want to stay in business. We want to make this work. So if you look at that order, it's also, in addition to talking about the historical conduct, which is problematic, it does go out of its way to say the ways that AppAnny has changed. Because for my industry, the question is, look, is this a problem? Can we still use AppAnny data? What should we do about the fact that they now have an order against them? And AppAnny has already, as you, know, you may have seen on their website and in responding to the action, talked about the steps they have taken and they have this greater commitment to transparency. I think a lot of us, including I'm gonna be doing it later today, We'll be doing diligence calls with AppAnny to hear directly from them what they are, what they have done since this conduct occurred and how we can trust them. But one thing that some people think is, look, AppAnny just went through an SEC investigation. So in some ways, maybe they're the, the cleanest one or the one that we feel a little more comfortable with because the SEC has been in there and didn't put them out of business and did go out of its way in its order to say, look, this conduct happened at a certain point in time but they've made a lot of changes since then. You're an alternative data lawyer, uh, as I keep saying, um, do, and you have uh, quite, a, quite a lot of visibility across the market in terms of practices. You, you obviously, if, if somebody is openly misbehaving, um, or sorry, if is, is um, clandestinely misbehaving, then you probably don't have access to it, but you have an idea potentially for what's going on out there. Do you feel like what has happened with AppAnny is uh, the type of practice which is perhaps 
normal across the market. And perhaps um, a lot of uh, alternative data providers awake, woke up the next morning and said, okay, we need to rapidly change our, uh, change our activities here because this is, this is quite, um, you know, if, if, the, if the eye of, eye of the SEC turned on us, then we could be in trouble. Or do you, does it feel like Appani is an outlier? So I'm going to say I don't know, because yeah. if you had told me before last week's action that AppAnnie had a problem like that, I would have been stunned. They're one of the most popular vendors in this industry, and a lot of my clients use them. So it does make me stop and think, I hope this isn't going on at more vendors. And if it is, I hope they get their acts together. And I think this will send an important message because the type of conduct at issue here, I couldn't have figured that out in diligence. That's the whole, that's the whole basis of the charges is that the people we were asking the right questions and weren't being told the right answers. And of course we do very thorough diligence, but I don't have subpoena power. And there has to be some acceptance that when I ask somebody something that I can rely on that. So I hope vendors really take the, um, that responsibility very seriously. And obviously we don't want any of this kind of egregious conduct, which involves lying, but also they need to be very thoughtful about their answers if there are securities fraud implications and really you know, have the proper procedures in place so that they're, when they answer a question that's being asked in diligence about their data, that they can be fully confident that it's accurate and that the consents they have in place that we're asking to see that they are actually following it and that they're not lying to data sources. And when in doubt, get in touch with Kelly Kosciuszko at Schulte Rothens Abel. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and uh, just finally, it's, it's just, a, just one more question, which is, um, have you got any idea how the SEC might have come up with that $10 million figure? Do they, would that be something where they would look at Appani and say, what can they afford? Or would they be trying to set a precedent for this is the kind of fine that we would do in this kind of case? How would that, where would it come from, do you think? Yeah, so in this kind of case um, where you don't really have a model, right? Where you're not saying, well, we can tell the fraud resulted in this amount of profits and we'll make them disgorge this amount of profits. Often the SEC is not required to take into account ability to pay as a technical matter, but as a soft consideration that often is something that the SEC will consider. You know, like I said, I've been in situations like this before, not with alternative data providers, where you do have an issue that goes to the whole company. But what you were trying to say to the SEC is, look, this was in the past and we've made a whole bunch of changes and we are a good changed company that should be allowed to stay in business. So while we understand there's a price to pay, let's make it a price so that we can stay in business. So there's usually that kind of dialogue with the SEC. So, well, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Kelly, for, for responding to my call to arms for this, uh, for this emergency episode. And, um, and absolutely, if anybody wants to know anything about, uh, about this case or, or get any legal advice, and they should, I'm, I'm sure, definitely come to you. So, so thank you very much, Kelly. Of course. Thanks for having me.